Acts chapter 20 in your Bibles this morning. Acts chapter 20, and begin with verse number 18. I'm going to read down through verse 24, right? I'm going to give you this message this morning, then I'm getting out of, out of Dodge for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, Acts chapter 20, verse 18. It says, When they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord, with all humility of mind, with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the line in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both of the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go... I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would bless this time together as... We embark on a little bit of a different type of message that is going to set forth a little bit of a perspective or a a vision for this new year, 2020, as we try to do every year to to focus, refocus our attention where it needs to be focused on. And and so I pray that you would help us and that you would just give us what we need again and, and that we as your people would listen, we as your people would respond in faith and obedience to your word. We pray and ask and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. About a college class on animal science. In this particular semester, they were studying birds. Uh, all sorts of types of things about birds, different species, the mi- uh, migratory habits, the diets of, of all sorts of types of birds and so forth. Well, the end of the semester came, it was time for their final test. These college students filed into the room and sat in their seats, and they looked in front of the room, and there in front of the room was about a dozen bird cages covered with coverings, except for the bottom little bit, you could see the bird's legs. That's all you could see in these 12 cages. The professor got up and said, okay, students, here's the final test. You have before you 12 different species of birds. He said, I want you to take your paper, number 1 to 12, and tell me what type of birds these are by looking at their legs, looking at their feet. Well, it wasn't anything like the test they were expecting, and uh, one student, he was just, he couldn't believe it. I mean, he was, and the more he thought about it, he just, he, he was more and more frustrated. He did all the studying about all these different things, the species and all, the, uh, all that sort of thing, and, and that came down to this, trying to identify birds by their legs. And finally, he, got, he, couldn't, he couldn't take it anymore. He stood up and he said, that's it. He said, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is the most boneheaded thing I've ever seen. He starts to storm out the room. He gets over by the door, and the professor says, wait a minute, young man, what's your name? The student turned around, looked at the professor, and said, you tell me. Lifted up his pant leg. <laughs> Lifted up his pant leg, said, you tell me. All right. Well, this morning is about getting some perspective on what we need to focus on in our lives and in our church in 2020. You know, too often we spend our time worrying about or focusing on the wrong things, 
if we'd be honest enough to admit it this morning. We focus on temporal instead of the eternal. We focus often on problems instead of solutions, on obstacles instead of the opportunity. And so we, want to, we, we, focus, we focus on what others say or do, what other people do instead of what we ought to be doing. I want to look at three key questions this morning to pose to each of you. This is to ask yourself, don't worry about the people around you, but to ask yourself three key questions that will determine whether we as a church will thrive or whether we will merely survive another year. There's a big difference. Whether we will thrive or whether we will merely survive. From Acts 2020 and the surrounding verses, I want us to get a 2020 vision for 2020. Look again at Acts chapter 20, verse number 20. It says, How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Three questions. Number one this morning, I'm not going to take very long, but number one, are you convinced? Are you convinced? Look at back up in verse 21 just briefly, or on to verse 21 briefly. We already read this, so, but look, it says, Testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And behold, now I go bound, he says, in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me. He says, say, the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count on myself, my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. My question to you this morning, are you convinced, number one, a couple part question, two part question, are you convinced that people need the Lord? Are you truly convinced that people need to understand, and we've said this before, but as we go where we go throughout the week, we need to have some spiritual glasses on. Understand, everyone that we meet, everyone you know, is either going to heaven or they're going to hell. There's no in-between. No in-between. Are you convinced that people need to... You say, oh yeah, boy, there's a, that person lives next to me. Well, he really needs the Lord. <laughs> Are you convinced that people need those? Second, are you convinced that Jesus can change lives? You notice there in verse 21, I like this, when he, he specifies testifying both to the Jews and also who? To the Greeks. Paul realized that everybody needs the Lord. Not just the Jews, not just the Greeks. Everybody needs the Lord. Even those that, uh, again, we look at and we say, boy, they're so hopelessly gone, so far gone, they're hopelessly lost. Uh, are we convinced that they need the Lord? But then the second part of my question, are we convinced that God has put us where he's put us to reach that person? Are you convinced that God has put you where you are to serve him, not just to pass the time away? Again, verse 20, 20 he, or verse chapter 20, sorry, verse 22, he talks about going to Jerusalem, being bound. He talks about uh, afflictions, bonds, afflictions in every city. But then verse 24, I love this when he says, but none of these things move me. He didn't say only a few of these things move me, or there's only one thing that could move me. No, he says none of these things move me. Paul had, wouldn't you say, Paul had plenty of opportunities to throw a pity party for himself. <laughs> plenty of opportunities to feel sorry for himself. He had lots of excuses he could have used as to, uh, why 
to justify why he could no longer do what God called him to do. And so the question is, where's our focus? On self or on serving Christ? We all have problems, don't we? Uh, and uh, our problems always are so much worse than the next person's problems. Uh, but we're not in their shoes, are we? And so, but we all face difficulties. We all face problems. The question is, where is our focus? On self or on serving Christ? Are we going to spend our time lamenting some bad experience we had and say, I'll never do that again? <laughs> or complaining about the actions or inaction of other people? Or are we going to do what God has called us to do? In spite of what anyone else may say or do. That's what Paul's saying here. <laughs> He said, regardless of what anyone else does or says to me or, or, uh, or about me, he says, it's not going to move me. It's not going to stop me. It's not going to change uh, what I'm doing. So number one, are you convinced this morning, convinced that people need the Lord? And secondly, convinced that God has put you where you are to serve him, not yeah. just to pass the time away. Yeah. Second question this morning, as we focus on our church. Secondly, are you connected? Are you connected? Look at verse number 18. Back up just a little bit, preceding our main text. Where it says, And when they were come to him, he said to them, Ye know, from the first day I came to a into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Paul says, You know me. He says, I, I've been with you. We've shed tears together. You notice that, what he's saying there? My question is, are you connected with the First Baptist Church of Pierston? Yeah. I didn't ask you if you attend here. I didn't ask you if you're a member here. I didn't ask you if you had a position of service here. I'm asking, are you connected here? You know, church is about fellowship. Church is about encouraging one another in the body of Christ, and more specifically, in our local body, in our church family. It is so easy to get comfortable, to get so set in our routines that we don't see beyond ourselves, even in church. We come to church, we sit in the same seat, we talk to the same people, we sing the same songs, listen to the same preacher, and then we go home with no difference in our lives and without making a difference in anyone else's life. How can we be an encouragement or have compassion one for another if we don't even know each other? If we don't know the burdens uh, that we face, the challenges that, that we face each and every day. And so simply put, fellowship is important. Fellowship is important. That's why we have, try to have opportunities for fellowship. And by the way, it reminds me, I forgot to announce earlier, we have the schedule of events on the back table and there's some special events that are on there, and actually one was just added this last week, a music group coming uh, in May uh, from, uh, uh, from Hiles Anderson College, but that'll be in May. But so there's, I'll, we'll put that date on there for you. But there's lots of opportunities on that calendar for fellowship. Fellowship dinners, well, we love those, don't we? And we're going to have one, have one today I didn't even know about. So, <laughs> so. Uh, we've added, uh, as most of you know, fifth Sundays, fifth, fifth Sunday, uh, we have there's some, uh, instead of Sunday evening service, we just have an informal time of, of finger foods and fellowship together. Fifth Fridays, we do special things together. Men's fellowship we started. Ladies, is, uh, ladies are going to start a fellowship next month. And, and uh, so lots of opportunities for fellowship. But it's only, it's only a church dinner. Or it's only this, or it's only that. Fellowship is important. Amen. It's important. 
Are you convinced? Secondly, are you connected with First Baptist Church? I was going to encourage you to kind of look across the aisle and, and uh, uh, see what you really knew. And I don't want you to do that because your minds will go somewhere else. But, <laughs> but what you really know about the person sitting on the other side of the church. Yeah. We're a small church. Uh, and, and pretty much everybody knows everybody. But do you really know one another? Get to know each other, uh, your burdens, and, 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 uh, so we can rejoice, as the Bible says, with those who rejoice and sorrow with those who sorrow. Are you convinced? Are you connected very quickly? Number three, and finally, are you committed? Are you committed? Verse number 20, let's go back there, where he says again, how I kept back, what? What's that say? Nothing. Nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. My question is, are you committed to doing what it takes? To doing what it takes to see this church grow, to grow in faith, to grow in service, to grow in number. Again, we know it'll never happen if we're not willing to commit ourselves to the task. Someone once said, I've heard this statement, you've heard this statement before, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. <laughs> How true that is. In other words, if we just keep doing the same as we've been doing, nothing's going to change. You know, sometimes people come up to me and they say, boy, I wish our church had this or that type of ministry, or, or I wish that, that, uh, uh, that we did more of this, fill in the blank, whatever it is. You know, you know what my response is? Do it, then do it. <laughs> it's easy to sit and complain. It's easy to even to blame others sometimes for something that's not being done. If souls are not being reached, guess what? It's because you and me are not reaching souls. If the church is not growing, it's because you are not bringing in people in. If ministries are not being continued or carried out, it's because we're not using the opportunities to serve that he's put before us. You are the church. Verse 20, again, Paul he says, he, he, I've taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul went to where they were. We can have all the programs in the world, and, and we do see some results from that, but there's no greater result than one-on-one. -on -one. I used to have statistics I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was, uh, uh, what was it, 92% of people who are, are saved and, and, and so forth are, is due to a one-on-one -on -one encounter. One-on-one -on -one encounter. And so uh, I would ask, how many people did you invite to church this week? This week. How many gospel tracts did you hand out this week? How much effort does it take to invite one friend or coworker, acquaintance, neighbor, one person each week to church? How much effort? We all have telephones, right? <laughs> Uh, some of you still have jobs that you are on and, and you see people every day and work next to people every day and uh, on and on we could go. But how much effort does it take to say, why don't you come to church with me Sunday? We'll go out to eat afterwards. <laughs> or we're having a fellowship dinner afterwards. How much, effort? how much effort does it take to hand out a track to at least one person every day? How much effort? Paul says, again, verse 20, I kept back nothing. A final question to you before I lay out some 
numbers here. What are you holding back? What are you holding back? Again, don't worry about the person next to you. This is between you and God. This is about you. And ask yourself, what am I holding back from God? What am I holding back from others that they need? Are you convinced? Are you connected as a, as, as a body of Christ should be? Thirdly, are you committed to doing whatever it takes? It's not about more programs. We've got enough programs. <laughs> uh, and I, can, can I just say this, and I, I've addressed this before, but if we would carry out our individual responsibility to, to God, we wouldn't need all the programs that we have, yeah. okay? Okay. <laughs> um, Nevertheless, I'm going further down that road, but he says, I kept back nothing. What are you holding back? Scripture says, where there is no vision, the people suffer? Well, no. The people have a hard time? No. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so this morning, I want to present to you the 2020 vision for 2020 for us as a church. Something for us to aim for. Like they said, if you, what do they say? If you, if you don't aim for anything, you'll hit it every time, right? <laughs> something to aim for, something to pray for, something to trust God for. And so, some 20s. Number one, wouldn't it be great if we could see this year, First Baptist Church of Pearson, 20 souls saved. Amen. 20 souls come to know Christ as Savior say, well, that sounds like a lot. That's less than two a month, okay? 20 souls saved. I would also like to see or, or set before us something to aim to pray for, to trust God for, 20 new attenders. 20 new attenders. And I don't just mean visitors, okay? I'm talking about uh, those who come on a regular basis to worship with us that our church can begin to grow once again. 20 souls saved, 20 new attenders. And thirdly, that wasn't hard enough. <laughs> 20 individuals in our church family who are willing to be involved in a specific ministry of the church. Whether it's in the nursery. By the way, our nursery personnel is running thin, okay? But whether it's in the nursery, whether it's in Sunday school or children's church uh, teacher, whether uh, it's helping in kids club, whether it's a VBS, maybe the bus ministry, Pearson days. Maybe I've had... Uh, a lot of visitors, I won't say all, but most visitors who come, you know one of the questions they ask me is, oh, do you have a church choir? Guess what? We don't have a church choir. Why? Because we can't get together. <laughs> uh, it's been by the wayside the last few years. That's a church ministry. So that's what I'm talking about, 20 individuals who are willing to be involved in some specific ministry of the church. You know, statistics reveal that the average church, you've heard this before, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. That's not a complaint, that's just reality. And by the way, if you're one of the 10%, don't be moaning and groaning. If you're not going to serve with a heart of joy, then don't serve, okay? <laughs> but nevertheless, that's not good. That's not sustainable. Or if you're one of the 10%, say, I'm one of the 10%, I don't have to do anything else. <laughs> I've done my share. That's not the point. The point is, think of what this church could accomplish if we had 90% of the people involved in ministry of some kind. Think of 
of, of how much further we could, how much more we could accomplish for Christ. I need a couple of uh, young men, if they would come, uh, maybe Stephen and, and uh, you. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> My mind. All right. Thank you, Caleb. <laughs> I, do his, I do know his name, it just took a second to come to me. So. But if you'd make sure everyone gets one of those, you can just pass, if there's a few in a row, just pass out that many slips. I should have kept one so I could go over that. But it simply says, I am willing to serve. And then it lists several things. And then there's also a blank in case something on there is not where God has gifted you or whatever the case is. There's a place for other, okay? In other words, there's something that everyone can put on that slip. And again, I would just say, don't say, well, it's, I can only do this. <laughs> That's not that we're not talking about how much you do. We're just talking about doing something, doing what God has allowed us to do. And I've said this before as we close as well on on several occasions. You know, if God has burdened us or God has gifted us uh, in a a specific way, a specific area, it's a sin for us not to to use it for his glory. And again, sometimes we feel inadequate. We all feel inadequate. But if God has put a burden on your heart for a certain ministry or or for a certain, thank you, uh, or, or gifted you in a certain area, it behooves us to get involved. And again, there's a lot of other specific, there's Pearson. I mean, there's a lot of things we could have put on here, but these are some of the more regular, most of these are more regular things that, that would add to our ministry and allow us to keep doing what God has called us to do here. So I'm going to leave that with you. And uh, I'm going to, I guess, we've got a few minutes here. I'll ask you to come and play. And if you want to fill it out now, if you want to take it home, that's fine. And turn it back in uh, next Sunday. When I'm not here, that's fine. But uh, I would just ask you to, to think serious about this uh, and to pray how God might use you in 2020 uh, to be used of Him. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Miss Judy will come and play in just a moment. But let's, let's pray, uh, and then she'll play for us. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunities you give us. Father, I, I'm sorry we don't always use the opportunities we have, that I have. Father, help us just to put on those special glasses today that we might get a clear vision, a 2020 eyesight, 2020 vision of 2020. We don't know how much longer you will leave us here on this earth. We don't know how much longer till the trumpet sounds and we're all out of here, but we know this, that people need the Lord. We know that you have put us where you've put us to serve you, not just to sit and be comfortable. We know that you've put us here to be an encouragement to one another in the body of Christ. To cry when our brother or sister is hurting, to rejoice when they're rejoicing. You put us here to make a difference in the lives of, of others. And then, Father, you, again, you've put us here to, to, to accomplish what you've instructed and, and what we've been uh, instructing your word to accomplish. So those three questions, Father, we leave this morning. Am I, number one, convinced Number two, am I connected? Number three, am I committed? 
And I'll just say before I close, this is not just about First Baptist Church of Pearson. It's not just about seeing numbers that we've presented this morning. Those are things that, that our hearts, we want to pour out to you and ask uh, for, for you to allow us to accomplish as we are faithful and, and responsive to your word. But, but this is about your kingdom. This is about uh, obedience to your will in our lives. But as we do that, I believe firmly that this church will indeed be blessed and that we will indeed not just survive 2020, but we can thrive in 2020. Father, bless as we close this service. Again, all I'm asking is for us to allow you to work your will, your way in our lives, that we be obedient to you. Each one answers himself, herself to you. It's not about answering to the preacher. It's not about making the preacher feel good or, or whatever it is, but Father, this is about responding to you. This we pray, Father, and thank you as we close. In Jesus' name, amen.